there. We're so glad you tuned in today. We would love to hear how God is using this podcast to encourage you. You can do so by visiting our website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to Freedom. When we go into our childhood, how many remember maybe the morning of, or the night before Christmas, Christmas morning, like that feeling of like, I need to go to sleep quickly because then tomorrow comes faster, but I can't sleep because all I'm thinking about is those presents, right? Or maybe for some of you, your birthday was a big deal at home, right? So that's a big deal. And so in that respect, you know, you were like, okay, so um, tomorrow's my birthday. I can't wait. And the older you get, the less that becomes exciting. Can I just throw that out there? That happens really when you're younger. Because when you're younger, you want to be older. And when you're older, you're like, I want to be young again. And it's a, it's a weird place to be at. But remember those moments where you were filled with anticipation, super exhilarated to the point that you could hardly contain yourself? You had trouble falling asleep and it felt like your heart is running 100 miles a second. You ever felt like that? Like, as a kid, do you remember that feeling? If you haven't, you should try to feel that again. It's a great feeling. And that feeling is called expectation. That feeling is called expectation. There are a lot of people that don't feel those feelings anymore because life has beaten on them. Life has taken a couple turns they didn't expect. Certain things have taken place in your home, your marriage, your finances, your career. You thought to yourself, I, I thought I was going to be in a different place in my life at this point. I thought I was going to be this, or I thought I was going to be that. And that disappointment will set in. Can I encourage you with this for a moment? God is completely in the business of restoring your life to where he wants it to be up to speed. He can do that. The question is, do we expect him to do that? The question is, do we expect God to do such a thing. I looked up the title um, because this morning's message is called The Power of Expectation. The Power of Expectation. And I want to kind of talk a little bit about this because here in the beginning of the new year, you know, we kind of still are, still had a little residue of the new year. We had that residue of maybe some things you wanted to really do better this year. How many still are, are, are trying to stay on top of that? Who's still trying to stay on top of that? A few of us. Maybe there's a few less hands than they were maybe a week or two ago. I don't know. But I know one thing is for sure. Expectation is a very important part of seeing God move in your life. How many would agree? Expecting God to do something is a very important part. So I looked up the definition of expectation, and here's what I found. The act or state of looking forward to an event as about to happen, that which is expected or looked for, the prospect of the future. Can I share this thought with you for a moment? Because I believe more people have an expectation problem than a faith problem. I believe more people have an expectation problem than a faith problem. Case in point, if you'd allow me a moment to kind of explain that. Most of us will believe that God can do something 
And some, how many, if I, was to, if I was to bring somebody up and we're going to pray for them, and I said, guys, as a church, we're going to pray for person A right here, right now, right? How many of you would raise your hand and say, I believe God can touch their lives? Show of hands, honestly. If I brought someone up right now, a person, right? Okay, maybe you need to see a person. Maybe you need to. Mo, come on up here for a moment. Mo, come on up here. This, everybody say, hi, Mo. This is Mo. He's my man, right? One, one day I'm going to be as good looking as him. But until I get there, we're going to just continue with the illustration. When we come to the point where we, where we say, you know what? I have a prayer request, Pastor Tony. I have something going on in my life. And let's say Mo comes to me and says, Pastor Tony, I'd like the church to pray for me. Mo, Mo is a, a dedicated, committed, love Jesus kind of guy. And he attends Bucknell University right nearby, right? And so I know there's times I've talked to him and, and the load gets heavy. And he, if he comes to me and he says, Pastor Tony, would you in the congregation pray for me because my load is heavy, right? Raise your hand if you're saying to me, Pastor Tony, I'll agree with you because I believe God could touch Mo and all of his situation in school and his workload, and God could be his peace. Raise your hand if you believe that. Raise it high like you mean it. Come on, you're Pentecostal for a minute. Here we go. Raise high. Look at all these hands. Mo. Raise them up real quick. Look at all these hands that believe in you. Amazing, right? But what if we flip the tables and we ask them how many believe God could touch your life? Not his, yours. How many of you believe God could touch your very own life? There's not many, as many hands. Okay, they're getting there. Conviction is set. Holy Spirit's moving. That's good, right? So, the tendency is that we don't have a faith problem as much as we have an anticipation or expectation problem. Sometimes we're okay with saying, you know what? I'm going to go to church. When God says, don't just go, be. Give it up for Mo one time, would you? We're a lot quicker to say absolutely God could touch him. Absolutely God could help him, right? We would say that in a heartbeat. But if I said, I believe God could touch you right now, you'd probably be like, yeah, but I prayed and nothing happened. So would you agree with me that that would affect your expectations of what God could do the next time you pray? But guess what? Those that, those that are around you still believe. Why do we need the body? Because we have more of an expectation problem than we have a faith problem. Do we have faith problems? Yes, we have that. I believe that there's some of us that lack faith in you. And if you lack faith or wisdom or anything, ask of God. He gives it to you. Yes? You can ask of God and he will give it to you. If you lack faith, ask. He'll give it to you. If you lack expectation, ask, he'll give it to you. But like, guess what? Expectation has more about what I am looking toward, what am I looking forward to, than it has anything what God has to do with me. It's about how I see God wanting to move in my life. The power of me believing that and coming into a room like this and saying, God, I know you have something for me. Show me what that is. Help me see what that is. There's power in that. And I'm going to show you in just a few moments different illustrations and examples in Scripture that pointed to us why expectations are so important. Why believing God to do something is so important. Because there are most people in churches today, they believe God could do something with someone else. 
But they scarcely believe that God can do anything with them sometimes. Often because we have hang-ups and we know our greatest faults, right? How many of you know that you have hang-ups? Significantly less hands just raised. It's weird. He's like, I don't want to admit it. My wife is here. I don't want to admit it. You know, people know. Guess what? People know that you have hang-ups before you do. (laughs) So don't be afraid. See, when you have an expectation, it means you're anticipating something happening. My question is, how many times do you walk in these doors and you say, God, I'm expecting you to move. I'm expecting you to do something. I'm expecting that when I lift my hands or however you want to worship, whatever that looks like. And some of you, you know, your, your hands, your hands, Lord, I'm just, I'm believing you. Some of you are hands raised. Some of you jump. I'm a jumper. I jump a minimum four times. And then at some point, I stop. That's, that's just me expressing my, my moment, you know, of, Lord, I believe, I believe, you know. And sometimes it's just that expectation coming out and it spills out, yes? Some of you have a little spillage happening when you worship, that's fine. But some of you are quiet and that's okay too. You, you just, but where is your expectation level? That's more important than anything else. Do you expect God to do something? Do you expect God to move in a service like this? Do you want him to move in a room like this? And so, an attitude without expectation will kill your dreams. If you have an attitude of like, you know what? He comes when he comes. I'm not really going to expect anything, so I'm not let down. How many know that that's not a dreamer right there? That's not how to live your dreams out. That's not motivational. I'm sorry. And I'm not here to give you a motivational message. I'm here to give you a spirit-led message because I believe God leads you to great things when you expect great things from him. I don't go to him every day just saying, Lord, here are the list of things I need you to do for me. I enjoy his presence. I heard this said long ago when I was the first turned into a believer and I came to Christ. The expectation is the breeding ground of miracles. It's where... It's where miracles happen, when you start expecting God to do great things. So let's look at a biblical definition. Can we for a moment about people that kind of go through the motions but never really expect anything? Because expectation is not really quite a, um, a word that we use in the church very often, but I think we should. I think we should walk in expecting God to do great things. So here's, here's one verse found in Second. Uh, 2 Timothy 3. 2 Timothy 3, 5 says that there are people, and this is um, addressing people that look like they know what they're talking about. It says, these people have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. They have a form of godliness. What does that look like? That means that you go through the motions and you go to church and that's all you do. You have a form of godliness. You have a routine. You get up. You go to church. You do these things, right? What happens? Sometimes we get into an element where I've done this a long time. I no longer want to believe. What do you do then? Your passion seems to be fizzling. I know what I need to do. 
when that happens. I need to go to someone that has that fire and say, would you pray for me? Because I need that fire again. Why do we need each other? Because expectations tend to slip away sometimes. And we need to be reminded why we're here. Yes? How many find encouragement when you're among the body? Who finds encouragement? I do. I could be having the worst day and I come in here and we start worshiping. I start singing. I start realizing that I'm not alone in this thing. That I have a God that loves me and I can serve him and love him and sing to him and, and, and just spend some time with him. And all of a sudden, my expectation levels skyrocket. James tells us, if you believe that there is one God, you do well. But the devils also believe and they tremble. So believing is not enough. Because demons believe that there's a God. That doesn't mean that they're saved. Demons believe that there's a God. That doesn't mean that they're in right relationship with God. So here we are. We hit a place in our lives where we realize... God is real. The demons believe he's real. But we have Christians who call themselves Christians who walk into the churches not even expecting God to do anything. Since when do demons have more faith than us? Demons believe. I'm telling you, something, un something unleashes in the body when we start to believe God for great things. Expect him to do great things. Expect him to show us divine revelation. You know God still reveals himself, right? You know God opens up his word to us even today, right? So when we come together, we got to be in, we, we got to, sometimes we got to just even just tell ourselves, I believe God's going to speak to us today. I believe God's going to show me something about myself that I've never seen before. I believe God's going to show me how to win my family back, how to win my friends back, how to win my coworker back to Jesus. Many believe that the Bible is true. They have faith in the promises, but they never expect anything. It's when you start to activate that faith and say, you know what, I'm going to start praying like God is real and he's living and he's hope. Yes? Isaiah 53 reads like this. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Who's he? Jesus. This is Isaiah prophesying about Jesus. Wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. What does that mean? He was a substitutionary death for you and for me. Why? So you can walk in here and do religion as normal? Religion as usual? No. He did it so you can walk in here and love him and share with each other and go out and do likewise. He died so you could have true life. You see, a lot of people think that he died so you could exist. There are a lot of people that exist but never live. There are a lot of people that are born originals but die a copy. They're born with the promises of God in their life, with the power of the Holy Spirit. With, they're born with all this stuff and they, they have this pedigree and they just decide, I'm okay with being like every, look at me, everybody else. 
expectation. The power of expectation. Listen, our peace was upon him. In order for us to receive that, that beating that he took on that cross, or even before the cross, really, and then while he was on the cross, they still speared him. By his stripes, we are healed. I believe that the word of God heals today. Do you believe that? Do you believe and expect that to to manifest in your life? I'm praying that you do. Because God can. He can do that. He can save. He can set free. And he can deliver. The question really remains is, why isn't it happening? Well, Mark tells us in Mark 16, 17, it tells us, and these signs, what signs? Signs and wonders and things will follow them that believe. Why don't we see it? I'm afraid it's, it's still tied into expectations. A lot of people just don't expect, so they don't pray. And because they don't pray, they don't see. Are you seeing how expectation has a, has a tie in this whole thing? It's what you expect, what you want to see happen. And so we ask ourselves, man, these signs will follow them that believe in my name. They will cast out devils, speak with new tongues, do great. Listen, the, the lame will walk, the blind will see. All these things will happen. Why don't we see that? Why don't we see that? I think it's expectations. I want to see it. Who wants to see it with me? Who wants to see great things happen? I was talking to my brother Jay last week. We were talking and Jay says, we need to start acting. We need to start doing. We need to start. This is the year where we stop talking about doing and start doing. You want to see God move in your life? Stop running from everybody. Run toward the crowd and say, Jesus is Lord. And I'm going to find some people that believe like me so we can go together. Who wants to go on a journey together this year? Who wants to change lives and help people see Jesus better? Who wants to build community? Who wants to, who wants to get to know some people in this body? Raise your hand. You ever realize that sometimes our passing on Sundays is so brief that we can't even write a paragraph about it? On most given Sundays, if I was to, tell, if I was to call you up at 2 or 3 o'clock after you get home and you, know, you get situated, you have some lunch, and I was to say, hey, can you write a paragraph of something you learned about someone today? How many of you think you could actually write a paragraph about something that you learned about someone? There's a few of you that would because I know because you linger. You get to know people and talk with people. I know my son and Jason, they go out there and they do it. I, I haven't seen them the last few weeks, but they go out there and they just shoot into the, the, the garbage can back there. They're just kind of hanging out, just in, in the house, just hanging out. He's laughing and fun things, whatever. What happened to that? We live in an area that I find that's not as common. The service is over and so am I. Hello? Am I, am I lying? This is the area that we live in sometimes, right? Sometimes it's like, he said amen. That means get to the car, stop the car, let's go. That's what that means. Can I tell you something? I dare you to take a few minutes with someone that you've never met before after this service. Say, what do you expect God to do in your life this year? I dare you and report back to me. I dare you and then text me later. 
Say, Pastor Tony, here's my four sentences, my paragraph. Here's what I learned about such and such. I learned that this person really loves this team. I can't stand the team, but here's what I learned. Here's what I learned about this person. They really like Longhorn Steakhouse, just like me. And we bonded automatically. Right? What happens is this. What does that have to do with expectation, Tony? Is he on a rabbit trail? Maybe you think so, but I'm not. Here's what I'm talking about. We tend to want to expect things when we're around those who believe like us. And how do we know that if we don't know them? We tend to chase, look at me, we tend to chase the things of God with those who we know believe like us. You ever been around five friends that love Jesus in a service versus five people that are around you that you never met? I don't know. When I'm around people that believe like me that I know, I tend to get more excited because I'm, 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 I'm with people. Maybe that's just me. Maybe, that, maybe that's just me. But I know when we go to our men's conferences, I know when the ladies go to ladies' conferences, they're around the, and they, they get, ladies, do you know what I'm talking about? I know the fellas, we talk about it. Man, we need to get together more, right? need to hang out more. I love this church. What does that mean? You know what that does? In, indirectly, your expectation level rises to see God move in your life. Because then you start talking with someone. Did you feel that? That was amazing. I felt like God was doing something in the room. And all of a sudden, that expectation stirs a faith in our life. And expectation is built on faith. Watch this. Faith doesn't imply that expectation is there. You can have faith in something and not expect anything to happen. That happens every Sunday here in this room. It happens every Sunday in every church across America. There are people that have faith for everybody else, but not for themselves. Faith, you can have faith and have no expectations. But you cannot have expectations and not have faith. Because when you say, God, I'm expecting you to move. Faith is instantly activated. But you can say, God, I believe in their lives and not really expect anything in your own. No, you can touch them. You can, are, you, are you hearing what I'm saying? I hope you hear the theme of what I believe God wants to stir in the hearts of men. Because I believe with all my heart that Hebrews uh, 11, when it talks about now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence, the evidence of things not seen. There's a faith that arises when you can believe in something you've never seen before. When you start to believe in something you've never seen before, something comes out that has never been there before. No other aspect of the Christian life is more important, listen to me, than faith. Why? Because without faith, it is impossible to see God. We cannot purchase it, we cannot sell it, and we cannot give it out. Hebrews 11.6 says this, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek. Who? Why doesn't it say them that go to church? Because that's a given. You seek him 
among believers. You seek him among each other. You are diligently seeking after him. And wherever God is, I want to be. I want to be there. It's impossible to please him without faith. So what I want to do today is I want to build your faith. And watch this. I want to help you to stand and expect God to move in your life. Not just to believe for everybody else, but believe for yourself. According to the Bible, faith is belief in the one true God without actually seeing him. If you see God, see me after service, I'd love to talk to you. But faith is an amazing opportunity to believe God even though we haven't seen him with our own eyes. Someone, someone said to me the other day, that, you know, they have a loved one or someone that has trouble believing in the Bible because they have trouble uh, in putting their faith in a God they haven't seen. I have trouble believing that everything around me was a happenstance. I, I think it takes more faith to believe that all this happened by itself than to believe that there's a real God who made it all happen. I don't have enough faith to believe that somehow the cosmos were created and there was a bang that all of a sudden everything was put in place. I don't have enough faith to believe that. That's re- I, just, I just don't have enough faith to believe that. But I can believe that there's a God who put everything in order and he created you and me. I have enough faith to believe that. Some would say the opposite. Some would say, Pastor Tony, I don't have enough faith to believe what you believe. But I want you to know something. When we come to a place in our life where we say, I don't have to see it to believe it, but I have to believe it to see it. Did you hear me? I don't have to see it to believe it, but I do have to believe it to see it. That's faith. So let's look at a story real quick in Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3, verses 2 through 5. A certain lame man from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask for alms of them that entered into the temple, which is called Beautiful. Wait, what am I saying? Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked alms. And Peter fastened his eyes upon John and said, Look at us. And he gave heed to them. Listen. There comes a point where we're going to come across people that have issues, have problems in their lives. Are we going to heed those issues and say, let me speak into your life? You have issues going on? Let me speak and expect into your life. Some of you have friends that you're the only Jesus they're ever going to see. Is that scary? It, It was for me when I first thought about it. Does my attitude reflect that? Does it show? Because there's times in my life that, you know, I remember maybe being at a job, something didn't go right. I get frustrated. Did I show a good example? Well, frustration isn't showing an ungodly example, but some of us show frustrations differently. How have you shown your life to be? That doesn't mean it to be perfect. If you're perfect, I'm not talking to you. 
If you're, if you're imperfect like me, you realize that there's going to be moments in our lives where there's going to be people that are in need. And you have to give heed to them. And how do you give heed if you can't expect or believe? You hear what I'm saying? So let's look for a moment because faith produces expectation. Proverbs 23, 18 says, For surely there is an end, and thine expectation shall not be cut off. You know what it's saying there? Look at it again. For surely there is an end, and thine expectation shall not be cut off. In other words, God pays very close attention to your expectation. There's going to be an end. God's not going to cut off that expectation. He's watching for expected individuals. Expecting individuals. Do you expect God to move in your life? Do you expect God to do something in 2020? Do you expect him to do something in your marriage, your home, your finances, your life? Can I just nudge you in the direction of believing? Because I believe that no, there's no way under heaven that if Moses would have stood there and said, ah, my God's not God, that that sea would have split. He had to believe he wasn't just raising a hand. Listen, he believed and he raised his staff. And at that moment, things changed. How many know you need to raise things up sometimes? You're going to lift things up and, and point to heaven and say, God, is all about you. And I don't know how he did the staff thing, but I know one thing is for sure. He didn't leave it down here. He raised it. And when you start raising things to God, waters start parting. And there's times in my life I need waters to part. Raise your hand if you're, you're in a point in your life where you need some waters to part in your life right now. There's some things in your way that need to get. Be honest, be honest, right? We all have waters that are in our way. Like we have Pharaoh approaching behind, right? And we have waters in front of us. And we're standing there with two million people going, what next? Expect. Raise your staff and expect and believe. Can I encourage you with this? Some of y'all need to lift your worship and your praise. Some of y'all need to lift your prayers. And I mean verbally say them out loud and speak. And expect and believe and declare faith today. Because when you start expecting God to do something, he doesn't ignore it. Right there. Proverbs tells us that that shall not be cut off. In other words, he's not ignoring your expectations today. Surely everything has an end, but your expectations will have a long-term effect. Do you remember the, the woman with the issue of blood? Some, there's something to say about expectations, right? If we're ever going to talk about someone that has expectations, it would be Matthew 9. And she said within herself, Matthew 9, 21, for she said where? Where? Within herself. She probably filled out several prayer cards at this point. Right? The Bible even says that she spent all kinds of money and all kinds of doctors and none of them could help her. Well, something happened when she said within herself. Are you hearing this? Because something had to break. Something had to move her to do what she did. Because everybody else had answers that were false. 
Everybody had answers, coined answers. You ever talk to someone and they give you this like coined response and you're like, I don't need a bumper sticker. Right? Let go and let God be quiet. Please. I don't need a bumper sticker right now. I need somebody to hear me. Believe with me. But don't give me a bumper sticker. You know what? This woman's life for 12 years. Can you imagine how much advice she got? From multiple people. But one day, (laughs) one day, she said within herself, if I may just touch his garment. You want to talk about expectation? Look at me. If I could just touch his garment, I shall be whole. God honors expectations. She decided, I don't care what people say. It doesn't matter where I've been or what I'm doing. If I can just get there. And the very virtue of God, which is the word dunamis, the power of God was released because she expected. How many times were breakthroughs left at the altar because you came and you left and you never picked it up? And dunamis was left at the altar. Well, Pastor Tony, I don't have to go to the altar to receive from God. No, you don't. But you do have to reach out and touch him. And however that looks is between you and him. Hello. This is good preaching. Because God doesn't want anybody to leave dunamis at the altar. You think he gave you, he think he's handing out dunamis like, hey, whatever it falls, it falls. He's giving breakthroughs out. Hoping you'd reach out your hand and grab it. Hoping you'd say, I'm tired of my flesh and I want more of the Holy Spirit. But you're comfortable. And you're fine with where you are. And I'm checking off the box. I went to church. But you never reach for the dunamis. In fact, you want to do less than dunamis. You're okay with where you are. You're okay with what you've done. Just say amen so I can move on. No, I was saying that that's what you were saying to me, but okay. I thought that was good anyway. Mark 5.30 says, And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And the disciples were like, What? Master, are you serious right now? People have been touching you all day. What do you mean, who touched me? Okay, let me, let me reinterpret that for uh, 2020. Are you ready? We've been singing all day. Why does that person's praise seem to be reaching? You can do a lot of motions. There's a lot of people that were touching Jesus, but not like she did. She touched him and power left his body. Dunamis. And Jesus was... it. it Can you imagine to get Jesus' attention that way what kind of faith that was? 
Who touched me? Master, are you kidding? There's people all around. No, 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 not like her. There was an expectation level of someone that was different. Who was it? Who was it? She was marked by her mess. She was marked by her mess. Nobody had answers for her. Look at me. Nobody had answers for her. But when she reached out in expectation, I wish somebody got what I was saying this morning. Because some of you are right at the edge of your breakthrough. But you're looking at the dunamis saying, what if that's not what I think it is? Dare I say that some people want a breakthrough, but they're afraid to ask because it would require of them to change how they operate, day-to-day operations. There are some people that are, that they're not afraid to pray, but they're afraid to pray that prayer because that prayer will require them to change how they live their lives. And so I'll pray another prayer so that I don't have to change how I live my life. Ouch, right? How many times has that affected the body? Jehovah Rapha, the Lord is my healer, showed up that day as Dunamas left his body and healed her. The Bible is chock full of those who came to him expecting. Are you ready? There was blind Bartimaeus who received his sight because he had faith and expectation. There was the paralytic who took up his bed and walked because he had faith and expectation produced the miracle. Watch this. There were 10 lepers that received their healing because they expected what? A change, something different. Jairus' daughter was raised from the dead. Why? Because faith and expectation produced a miracle. The Gentile woman's daughter was delivered from demon possession because of her faith. Listen, God is all about seeing what you bring to the table so he can then do everything he's ever wanted to do in your life. But we're left going. I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can believe like that. And we hold them at arm's length saying, I don't want to be let down. Because someone else let you down? Because someone else broke your heart? Because you have a trust issue? You have trouble trusting God. It spills over. How many agree with that? When you have trust issues with people, it leaks into your faith. So today, I'm not asking you to trust everybody. I'm asking you to trust the one that matters and expect him to do great things. You say, Pastor Tony, those people were special. They were creation just like you. They were needing a miracle just like you. So I'm asking you, were you once lost and now you're found? God did a miracle there. I was lost, and then I was found. See, I was on my way to hell, but one day Jesus reached down and picked me up. Yes, hell is very real, just as real as heaven. And the time you start expecting God to do less than, 
is the reason why we walk away with less than. But today I'm asking you to step forward and say, God, I believe for more than so I can receive more than. Are you with me? So I'm going to invite you to take a moment with me and just bow your heads all across this room. I want to pray a prayer for everyone, whether you're here live or online live. I want to invite you to join me in prayer right now. Come on. And when you pray, I invite you to believe and expect with me. Father, you see every person at the sound of my voice. They hear me, but God, I pray that they would really hear you. That they would come. Come to you with a burden. And that you would give them rest. That you would come to them with all of their cares. As you said, cast your cares on me. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that there would not be a single person at the sound of my voice that doesn't have the expectation that they need. Lord, let them step forward and believe you for great things. Father God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would move in power and in might. That Lord God, like all the miracles I mentioned just a few moments ago for all these people, God, you didn't love them any more or any less. But today, God, today we believe you for great and marvelous things. We expect them in the name of Jesus. Thank you that your love never fails and never gives up and never runs out on me. Thank you, God, that you are an amazing God. Lord, I pray for every person at the sound of my voice that they would expect the unexpected. That other people believe or they don't believe, doesn't matter, but that they would expect great things from God. Father, I pray, raise up a generation of believers that believe without seeing and then begin to see because they believe. God, help us each to have plenty of faith and plenty of expectations to see you move in their lives. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Jesus.